0: Welcome to this week of the Mac and Fish podcast. Our weekend roundup segment will feature the discussions about the hirings at University of Auburn, Texas and Illinois. We will also discuss which transfer made the biggest impact on the 2020 football season. Our final segment Mac and Fish will hand out college
1: football awards. Right, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Mac and Fish podcast. I'm Coach McKinley Roll, and I'm here with my co-host Charles Fishbine, better known as Fish. Fish, what's going on?
0: Hopefully, a lot better than last week. I screwed this thing up, so hopefully, we're we're, we're recording it, so we're in good shape. So, all
1: right, also here with Corey Long. Corey, what's going on?
2: Oh, uh, not much. I mean, I'm still going to charge you for last week, whether whether it showed up or not. You know, that was, a, that was a very good podcast. Nobody heard.
1: That was a really good out. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, man. It's alright. It's all good. We're, we're we're back and it's uh gonna be better than ever this week, right? But um, we got a couple of things we're gonna hop into. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of movement as far as uh coaches and and taking over programs. Um, want to get your guys' thoughts on uh you know hires that intrigue you, hires that surprised you, or, or just your thoughts initially on it. Um, so uh, fish Corey, whichever one you guys want to start. My no, thing, well, no, you, you no, could
0: no, uh, well, you know, I'm gonna talk about you know the Auburn job and the Texas job, but um, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but uh, we'll talk about it again. Is uh, Brian Harson, you know, getting the Auburn job was kind of a surprise because you know, you heard all these names and he definitely wasn't one of them. I mean, you it, they basically went through every coach, Billy Naper, Coach Clark at UAB. We heard uh, we even heard uh, steve sarkeesian who ended up at texas but um you know auburn i personally you know don't understand uh you know their thought process we've talked about this before about the whole coaching thing uh you know this coach is already on the hot seat probably with their fans and he hasn't even coached a game and it's just it's one of those jobs that you know i think they're a little bit unrealistic in in at that school and They, you know, they won the national championship with Cam Newton. And they also uh, under, you know, this coach, they played for another national title under Gus Malzahn. And you just wonder what they're actually looking for in a coach. Like, what are their what's their criteria to win at that program? Do you have to beat Alabama, you know, 50 percent of the time? Do you have to win 80 percent of your SEC games? I just would like to know. What, the, what they're looking for because the coach they just had won a lot of ball games at Auburn. And yeah, you know, they've lost a lot of games in the SEC, but he's had a lot of success and they're bringing in a coach that's never coached in the SEC. Uh, one thing we learned was, though, that Auburn obviously isn't forcing the new coach to hire, hire everybody that was left behind because those guys are all looking for new jobs. And it's just, I'm curious to see what happens because Harson's a great coach uh, at Boise State. A lot of the coaches that have come from that program have had a ton of success, whether it's been Dan Hawkins, Dirk Cutter, but they've also, uh, Houston Nutt, they've also haven't had success. So you're, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with harris Harrison at uh, Auburn uh, moving forward over the next couple of years and what he does with that program. Um,
2: I think what Auburn wants is, you know, Charles, you, you deal with a lot of, player a lot of obviously a lot of you know when you're flying at work a lot of kids and you deal with their parents and you every now and then you have that dad that can't can't grasp the fact that his kid's not an fbs player not a deal and he looks at you and he thinks you're a magician like you i'll give you any amount of money i'll give you a car i'll give you whatever if you can help my son get a scholarship at georgia or something And you know you just can't do it because he can't run. He's not big enough. Whatever. That's kind of Auburn. What Auburn wants, no human can possibly achieve. You know, they they want to be the greatest college football program on earth. And they're not even the greatest college football program in their state. And they'll never be the greatest college football program in their state. They'll never be Alabama because – because they just there's just an inferiority complex. They can't escape. And I'll give you an interesting story of something that happened to me this week. Though I closed on a I close <clears throat> I closed on a house and the woman who handled my wire transfer at, at mid-Florida Credit Union, her name was Dixie. This is no lie, Dixie. And she's from like Huntsville, Alabama area. So as we're talking, I go, So, you know, you war Eagle or Roll Tide? Like you would ask any woman from Alabama and she goes I went to school at Auburn and then I knew there was a butt coming oh but but you know my family's been Alabama football fans for 100 years so I guess I go with them and I'm a roll tie. like even people that go to Auburn would rather be Alabama football fans so it's like so what Auburn what they want will never be achieved so Brian Harson's a great coach he'll do his five years he'll probably win 65 percent of his games and they'll fire him for somebody else the reason they keep getting good coaches because they pay well at the end of the day you just don't say no to five million dollars a year it's just it's it's you know at a certain they, they know what they want to do harson wasn't their first choice i don't think he was their 21st choice to be honest with you but he's a guy that they got i think he's a pretty good coach so i don't think it's a bad hire
0: do you think he realizes he's already on the hot seat
2: I think, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, you know, you know what you're getting into when you take that job. I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't get the impression that he's that he, uh, that he's going to feel like he's going to get treated differently than Gus Malzahn was.
1: Yeah. But you're, you're, you're going into to that job and fish, you know, you hit on it last week, you know, you're get, going into that job knowing that you're going to probably get fired in four years, you know, because you're not going to beat Alabama consistently Jimbo Fisher is building a monster at Texas A&M. You're not going to beat LSU consistently. So that's, that's your side of, the f- that's, that side of the division. Then you look at Florida, UGA. I mean, it's like going into the, the, the Lions then, you know? And I mean, he's, he's a very good coach. Um, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of success, but the people at Auburn want championships. You know, they fired uh, Gene Chizik, you know, who won a championship for them. So let's, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, that's a tough job.
2: Win when, when is a relative term? Let's, let's, you know, he was there on the sideline when it, when Cam Newton won a champion. No doubt,
1: no but, doubt. But in fact, the matter, he still was the coach. Yeah. I agree with yeah, you.
2: Yeah, Coach is a relative term again. Hey. All right. Let's see. But Corey, he was on the sideline with Gus Malzahn offensively coordinated a dash. But Corey,
0: league. most, most, listen, they knew when they hired him. Listen, they hired him at Iowa State. He was like six and thirty. So it's not like they yeah. didn't know yeah. that he wasn't the next coming of uh, you know Bill yeah. Parcells here. All right, like so we understand that when they hired him, but he's like winning a national title. I guess got it got him very little cachet. They didn't they didn't give yeah. him much. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it I know. A, yeah, but it, but you're so I
0: mean, all right. So you're basically saying if I was on the sideline, they would have won against. They would have won with Cam Newton. You know. Listen, I
2: probably, I'll, probably. Listen, I, got a, to I got a I got a
0: big ego, but I don't know if I believe that. What I mean, you talk about. It, you spoke to somebody that is from Alabama, and she cheers for Alabama. It's kind of a different dynamic than Florida State, Florida, Miami, yeah. where the states evenly divided among the fan bases. Like nobody monopolizes or owns the state of Florida. And I know fan bases among the three schools think they do, but they really don't. Where like Alabama and Auburn, Alabama's the number one school in that state, will always be the number one in this, that state. And like Auburn doesn't understand their place. It's like, they're upset that they're number two. Well, you know what? That's like being a Clippers fan in LA, you know what? If you wanna be number one, go cheer for the Lakers. You know, if you wanna be the number one school in the state of Alabama, go cheer for Alabama. It's not that Auburn's a bad school. I, I think it's a top 10 to 15 type program. They could compete for national titles, but they aren't Alabama. And that pressure of that for that coach. I mean, you look Tuberville won, I think six or seven in a row, the one year he lost, he got fired, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, I don't know. I just, it's unrealistic. I, I, you know, this coach is, is going to be in the same position, you know, they, they don't give people time. There's no, you can't have a down year at Auburn. And, you know, good luck. I, I just, I hope the guy does well because he's a very good coach. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't lose any of those contacts at Boise State because he may need one of them in about five years when he needs another <laughs> job. And, you
2: know, and, and you know, and Gus Malzon will land on his feet. Oh, I no doubt. Like, hope he doesn't become a <laughs> senator, but, you know, he'll land on his feet somewhere at some point. <laughs> Well, you know, well let, coaching again in a year, or so. But I want to talk, talk about Texas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the biggest, the biggest opening. Um, and, and obviously, uh, it was filled by you know Steve Sarkeesian, Um, you know a little bit of my thoughts on that job. Um, obviously, this was done before it was ever open, right? Um, they had their guy. They knew what they were doing with, with Herman. I think uh the AD was giving them time to kind of work out the details and the contract and everything. Um, they, you know, they really didn't target anyone else. Um, you know, obviously there was smoke about urban Meyer, but the, you know, Steve Sarkisian uh, was their guy. Now. I think Steve Sarkisian is a very, very talented coach. Um, I think he will have success at Texas. Um, but the thing that, you know, I question, and a lot of people are questioning, right. Is, you know, here it is that a guy that, you know, uh, had a program in Washington, had a program at USC. Obviously he got caught up in, you know, some, you know, drinking, or whatever the case may be, or some off the field deal. Right. And was able to rehabilitate himself at Alabama. And now he has a great opportunity at Texas. You just don't see that opportunity given to other coaches, um, particularly minority coaches. Um, and that's something that, you know, I look at and I, I'm sure other coaches, you know, minority coaches look at that and say, Hey, you know, where we have gotten an opportunity to mess up, you know, to fail two times at a job, you know, really, really mess up and then get a great opportunity, you know, because I work for Nick Saban. Um, it's something you look at, something that I think that, you know, needs to be kind of thought about. Um, and it, it really, you know, it's something that I, I think a lot of major college football programs need to look at themselves and, and really, you know, say, hey, are we really giving guys an opportunity? Um, to, you know, to be successful and, and to give them an opportunity to coach at this level. Um, and, you know, and a guy having multiple chances to fail is what I'm really talking about. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is a, is a great coach. Like I said before, if he, I think he's going to have a great staff there. Um, Texas ha- is going to give him the resources to be successful. Um, they'll give him the time to be successful. I thought Tom Herman and Fish, you and I spoke about this. Um, Tom Herman, I thought, did a a solid job there. Um, He didn't win enough for their liking. Um, I think his record was like 32 and 18. Um, But that's not good enough in Texas Standard. Um, But as we speak about, are they going to tell Steve Sarkeesian to recruit only Texas players in high school? If they do that, they're not going to have the success they they expect. If
2: they want to continue to to lose, they're going to limit where he can recruit, and it's not—it's not, it's not mm-hmm. a knock on Texas. I mean, hell, Alabama. Then they recruited like eight of, like six of the top nine players out of Texas this year. It's just you know, it's just picking the right ones, mm-hmm. like with any any place. So yeah, I think you know, I think you'd be a fool if you didn't take first of all his ability to recruit quarterbacks on the West Coast. Tua Taglo, Valua, went to Alabama because of Sark. Uh, Bryce Young went to Alabama because of Sark. So you'd be a fool not to take advantage of his ability to recruit elite quarterbacks on the West Coast. Um, and, you know, and, and just his knowledge now being around, you know, the last few years and seeing what players in Georgia can produce and players in Florida and Louisiana and South Carolina and, you know, places like that. And just say, Hey, we got to get to, we've got to go where the, the winners go. So wherever Alabama and Georgia are grabbing their talent, we've got a carpet bag. And go that direction. <clears throat> sometimes that's going to be in Dallas. Sometimes it's going to be in New Orleans. Sometimes it's going to be in Atlanta. You know, sometimes it's going to be, hell, you know, sometimes it's going to be in uh, you know, in New Jersey. And you got to be willing to go to those places. So, uh, you know, that's the main thing. Um, uh, you know, getting 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 to your earlier point, uh, I was, th- you know, when you when you brought this up, it was like thinking college football needs a Rooney Rule, but hell, the NFL needs a Rooney Rule. They have one, and they can't even execute it. It's like they're now offering like team like all right, all right. If you hire a black coach in NFL, we'll just get you put you in the playoffs once every three years. Like you just start to give them anything. Like we'll give you three victories to start the season. Like it's a joke. It's a joke, and it's not. I don't expect it to change. Uh, our, 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 um, you know, our, 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 our leader in the clubhouse right now is Michael Oxley, who's won like eleven percent of his games. And still manages, he managed to actually like level up after going what two and 26 in New Mexico, yeah. But, up but, but, in Maryland, but, but, but you know, which but, but, I think is one of the
1: greatest, yeah, absolutely. But Corey, I'm, I'm, my point is to you is this you know, let's look at the jobs that Mike Loxy's taking over, right? yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's a bad, you know, coach or a good coach, yeah. I, I just, I, I just don't he think actually, that, that's actually got a, he
2: actually got, got a power five job coming off of like a two and 26 record as a coach, which. It's some progress. <laughs> well, it.
0: Maryland's a good no. j- Maryland's a good job or was a good job. I mean, at least you're in a recruiting area.
1: Yeah, he can that, win there. He could yeah.
0: win there and and you know, he could go get athletes and play in the Big 10. You know, in the Big yeah. 10, he could get faster guys than most of the I mean, teams in that conference.
2: Got the number one linebacker in the nation a couple yeah. well, ago,
0: so. he got he got he got the number one and two um linebackers out of the state of Florida this year, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you yeah, know? but I, I'm just saying it's not, you know, it's New Mexico. His first job that he took over, uh, well, it was actually Illinois, and then it was New Mexico. And, again, two hard-ass places to win at, right?
2: Yeah, you, here's New a funny New thing about New, New Mexico. He's the only coach to actually have a top-end recruit commit to New Mexico on national TV. So.
0: <laughs> no, well, L- listen, Loxley's well, been a, well, Loxley's well, been a-, been a- way. He
2: can recruit better than anybody at Florida State. All right. no, we'll no, right no, but
0: listen Loxley's the best recruiter one of them in the country I mean when he was at Illinois he got um, the corner the and also the tight end that went into the NFL. I mean this guy uh, landed elite guys I remember you know he's always landed elite guys wherever he's been so it's not surprising that he's having success um you know I'm gonna jump in on the whole thing I, I'm looking at Sark's record. he's 34 and 29 at Washington. And twelve and six in USC. All right, there's not many other coaches that are getting another opportunity with that record. Mm -hmm. Forget Texas. Mm -hmm. He's lucky he's not starting back at Louisiana Lafayette. All right, (laughs) and you know, and and Texas wants to win. And this, this is what you're saying. I'm not going to say he can't win. I think he's a hell of a can't win. I think he's a hell of an offensive coach. And he may have changed and became the second coming. All right but his record don't lie either. Mm-hmm. All right. He has not, he didn't win. A, I mean, he, you go look at his record at Washington. He was a, a, a seven and six coach every year there. Yeah. Like Washington's a good program.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, at USC went nine and four, three and two before You know, he's 12 and six total. So you didn't get to see what he was going to do, but it didn't look pretty in year two when he was three. I, I just, if you're going to fire Tom Herman, and you're gonna you're gonna go hire a coach with a worse record, mm-hmm. then I, I just um once again, I must have got done the wrong things growing up, going to high school. I should have been an administrator or I should have been a head college football coach. Because I can't believe that people that make decisions at these schools are allowed to continue to make these decisions.
1: Yeah, but it's a it's a Nick saving factor, fish. Yeah, it's he's a not Nick Saban factor. All right, that, so you're
0: telling me that, some that, guy that,
2: no on them.
1: Oh
0: shit so uh, so you're saying there's some guy that works in the uh, that cleans the the locker room that should be a head coach at like you know Westlake High School in freaking Atlanta I mean like well I'm gonna go I'm gonna go beg for a freaking internship there just so I can move up. Yeah. But am I gonna Will I get will I get hired? Will I finally get yeah, hired? Right. Wait a second, wait a second. Uh-huh. Two four two four seven has an opening for like now that Barton sit, like if I go get a job in Alabama, will two four seven hire me to run their scouting and actually have a guy that knows how to scout now? <laughs> you know, I, they'll actually have real good ratings instead of the bull. <laughs> hey, all right. I'm going to call Alabama tomorrow and ask, <laughs> listen, I will take $20,000 a year just so I can get one hundred fifty at 247, all right?
2: Hey, That's uh, all playing the long game, hey, and that's uh, exactly uh, what happens sometimes. I mean, if you look at – Hey,
0: 247, if you need somebody to take that job, I'm available, by the way.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> begging. I, uh, look at what uh, the statement coaching rehabilitation program has done so far.
0: This is like, a good interview, I, by the way.
2: Mike Lachey, Blaine Kiffin, um, you know, Butch Jones is back at a head coaching job. No and doubt. He
1: no d- a- hey, Cole, co- co- you're, abs- you're uh, absolutely
2: right. Yes, you're you, going you you to say that you're going you're to get in there. The coaching rehabilitation yes. program work. Charlie Strong a, is a, right now. Wait a second. Wait, wait a, 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 a second. Like, was like, a
0: like Herman won, like, 80% of his games in Texas. Like, he goes to Alabama X, man. He made me coaching like freaking who's he even the new no, coach the Dallas Cowboys
2: no, the Vikings next yeah, fall will get the Dallas know? Cowboy I mean, job it, it, yeah it's, it, the, the possibilities are endless when you get the magical the golden who, do, who, 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 does,
0: who does who does who does the Arizona Cardinal coach Noah with Alabama that he got the Arizona job after he got fired at college like who did he? The, there has to be somebody he's tied. I know he didn't coach there, who, but I, Fish? no, no, the head coach Kingsbury. at uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, like uh, who? Uh, who, uh, who uh, Cl- oh, Clingsbury? Yeah, who did he? Like he? He was like he? He was another guy that had like five wins a year at Texas but, Tech. But, but,
1: but again, you you guys, I mean, you guys are missing a point. It, it's all about who you know and getting in at the right time. And you had Achilles. Right.
0: I know a lot of people. None of them, them answered that phone when I asked them for a job. <laughs> I'm
2: not missing the point at all. Man. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Remember, they're not hiring the Sarkeesian that was at Washington. They're hiring the Sarkeesian that's coaching with Nick Saban. That's yeah. the one that they're getting. You know, they—he's now a Nick Saban product. That's a whole different thing, man. That magic, that touches Saban. I mean, it carries a lot of weight, and you know yeah. what? It should because they're playing for their sixth national title. No doubt.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Obviously he's the best. In my opinion, he's the best coach that in my lifetime, you know, um, obviously next to Belichick, but you know, I mean, it definitely means something. Uh, It definitely matters. Um, You know, listen,
0: there's no question. He's he's, I agree. I think he's the best coach of all time. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, Corey talked about it before what he's done at Alabama. Is like, you know, historic levels. You know, like he, people sit there and go, well, you know, they bring up this coach, that co-. What he's doing is never going to be done again, and it's un- it's unheard of. Maybe. Fish,
1: fish, fish. What, what did we talk about the other day? We said you would hate to be the next guy after that job, right? Because, you know, you, your expectation level is going to be so unrealistic that no matter what you do, you'll never be Nick Saban. Yeah. they're well, right. what's
0: amazing is that how many coaches have told me it's hard to work for saving but they're all, <laughs> li- they're all lying. they're all lying they're all lining up for that they're all like
2: those thirty thousand a year analyst jobs yeah. just to get in that rehabilitation program. hey
0: listen he could he could cuss me out every single day because that check in alabama clears every two weeks all right there's people i've worked for that have been very nice <laughs> But, that I'm still waiting to get paid for but, by. He, but, can, he can mother f me every but, single day.
1: But 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 realistically, realistically, there's nothing
0: he could say McKinley that my wife, my dad, and family members haven't told me before about me. All right.
1: But, but 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 honestly, honestly, if you go to Alabama and you work for Nick Saban, you you're under his tutelage. Whatever case may be, you're going to end up in a better position than when you came in. I'll, period. I mean, I'll, every every coach has done it, has gone somewhere, and they've had success. You know, I mean, roll, time,
0: roll tide. I'm ready to go. I'm moving to Tuscaloosa.
1: Well, Excuse well, that major
2: apple white. He just never was able. <laughs> he was not a graduate of the rehabilitation program. Yeah, he
1: he so he, he, he he must yeah, have missed he, the class. He, he failed. He failed miserably. In he
0: did something wrong to somebody at University of Texas <laughs> because honestly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, the other job that um that kind of interests me or I think will be um. I'm, I'm excited to kind of see him back in college football is uh, coach Belima um, at, you know, at Illinois. Um, obviously we just talked about, it. it's a tough job to win at, but I think he's going to have a great staff. He knows that part of the country. Um, I think his style of football is going to work for Illinois there. Um, obviously the big 10 is, you know, I mean, it's Ohio state and kind of everybody else, uh, but he can, he can have success. He can have success. It's going to be a tough league, but I think he's going to do well and I'm interested to see how he does.
2: Yeah, I like, you know, I like the fact he can recruit the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I think Illinois is a place where you can play some big man football. And you, and you know what he wants? He wants mm-hmm. running backs, big linemen, pro style, you know. And I think that the, that area is you can get those sort of players. So I'm happy to see him back in the college game. I think the college game is better for it. I think he certainly can get Illinois to, you know, a seven win level pretty quickly because I think that style that he coaches, it's it's you know, it's timeless. It's gonna it might it might have a ceiling to it, but you know if you you're gonna get the right players to at least execute it and pitch keep yourself in football games.
0: Yeah, I mean you know one thing. He's gonna recruit O linemen and he's gonna recruit a back that can rush for fifteen hundred yards. That guy has like you said he has an offense that could win ball games in that conference and i i've known brett a long time i remember when he was an assistant coach at iowa this is a guy that grinds and he's not gonna he's one of those guys that he's gonna get the job done you know he he wanted arkansas when they and they weren't a good program when he took over and he went away from what got him there I think that was the biggest mistake with Brett you know he was a power run football team and a coach convinced him hey you got to go spread and I think Brett understands his bread and butter is a pound the rock you know play action we're going to control the ball not every team can go and run spread and try to score 50 points a game you have to understand what your program's capable of doing where they're located Um, You know, he's going to recruit the Midwest, but he's going to do something Illinois has not done in a while. He's going to come down to South Florida and he's going to find some dogs and he's going to bring those kids back up there. And those kids are going to win him a lot of football games, just like they did at Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, he's going to go. He's going to compete for a guy like Alex Collins at Illinois. He'll find one of those type of players that the SEC and the ACC schools are going after, and he'll out-recruit them and land that kid, and he'll get to that 7-8 win plateau, and he'll, I believe he'll turn a, turn that program around. I mean, they, they've they been more competitive the last two years. They've been in a lot of closer games, so I think he's the difference between them maybe winning five games and then seven or eight. You're talking two or three wins. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think Belima will do a good job at Illinois.
1: Yeah, and he's, if he does a good job, he's not going to stay there very long. I'm sure he's going to be, you know, uh, poached by someone, um, you know, to get his next next opportunity. But, yeah, I know Coach Belima, and um, like I said, I think he's going to do very well there. Um, now we're going to do our, our, our first annual, first annual Mac and Fish podcast, you know, awards for the season. The 2020 awards. We're gonna hop into it. All you right?
0: just want me to lose every coaching contact I have.
1: No, I I, want- I, I, I'm gonna to have to pick,
0: predict pick no,
1: no, coaches no, no. who
0: are the best, and one coach is gonna call me tomorrow and be like, "Hey, hey what do you mean good. I can't coach? I can't coach? No, I'm
2: not- no. Hey, I spent all week moving and didn't have a chance to research, just text me your answers and I'll take the answers and I'll defend. <laughs> this, you don't have to want uh, that. Well, just but, but, to me privately here on the but, uh, Zoom chat, and I'll take
1: him. But but right. but, I, but honestly, I don't care. I, honestly, all right. It, it, it's it's all, it's all it's all in fun, man. What's all right, up? let's get let's go let's, let's go. Let's, let's all right. It. So so obviously, let's go with a with a. Wait first. a second, are we gonna
0: have Insider of the Year, Nate Nate Greer? Did Nate Greer get Insider of the
1: Year? <laughs> hey hey man, don't don't get up my boy, man. All right, boy, man. I got.
0: He's gonna get once a week plug <laughs> on our show. All right, Nate Greer is insider of the week. All right, did he give you, he give you any insight this week? Is Terry and Arnold coming? All right, you go. You're
1: good. Hey, yeah. you're you're a rare form tonight, man. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so, so let's go. Let's go. Play of the year. Play of the year. Um, I I I'll go first. Um, and you guys can give me your your picks. Yep. Uh, I believe, and I, and talk about your, your selection too, right? I believe this guy is the reason that we even talk about Matt, Matt Jones. Um, this player is the best player in college football. He's shown it from week one to uh, just this past weekend. Devonta Smith should be easily the Heisman Trophy winner. He should win every National Player of the Year award because he is clearly Clearly a, a far and above the best player in college football. Um, I, I don't think it's close. Um, he's broken every record at Alabama receiving history. And we know the type of talent that have come through there. They've had multiple first round draft picks, multiple NFL players that are having success on Sundays and he's broken every record um, in a season for the career, whatever you want to do. he Devonta Smith is your guy. Um, Fish, Corey, I
0: mean, you went first. I mean, Devontae Smith's my player of the year, and hopefully, you know, he's kind of thin-framed, hopefully he stays healthy in the NFL and has a long, productive career. that's, I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him from being an elite receiver. The fact that you can't jam a receiver in the NFL or touch him anymore, and this guy's probably one of the top five route runners to come out in the last 15 years um Devontae's special player i agree i i mean mac jones should be honestly whatever money's getting you know he's gonna ever make in the nfl he should be giving bonuses to Devonte smith every week the rest of his life because yeah you know, <laughs> royalty checks should be coming to Devonte smith from uh <laughs> from him because the only reason he's gonna have an nfl paycheck next year is Corey. core yeah, i i
2: i agree and i mean uh what I think what's most remarkable is that when Jalen Waddle went down, you would think that, okay, Smith is going to get extra attention, face a lot more doubles, face a lot more, you know, a lot more difficult coverage situations. And he possibly did, but it didn't matter. No one could cover him anyway. So uh, I think he's just electric. And, uh, you know, what he did in the SEC championship game, what he did in the second half of the season, it's, you know, pretty phenomenal.
1: All right. Let's go to, uh, Transfer of the year. Okay. Grad transfer, transfer of the year, whichever one you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, Fish, I'll let you give me your pick.
0: I mean, King. I, I mean, he changed Miami's program. You know, he brought a, a winning attitude there. He brought confidence in that position that they've lacked for so long. He brought stability. Um, you know, Miami is ended up pulling a top rated recruiting class because kids now want to play there again. He helped that program get to that next level. You heard, oh, Miami, every year, Miami's back, Miami's back. Well, he brought Miami back this year. Yeah, they didn't play for a national title and they didn't play in the ACC title game, but Miami was relevant this year because D'Air King. He made them talked about in a a positive light and it turned out now they have a great recruiting class coming in and I think it helped them land probably one of the top quarterbacks that was out there, Jeff Garcia. So you, you see the positives all around. He had the biggest and greatest impact of any transfer this year, in my opinion, to any program that we've
1: seen.
2: Agreed. Corey? Uh yeah, you, you can't disagree with that. Uh I, I actually covered the uh the cheese at bowl, which uh Miami played Oklahoma State in. And uh, you know, unfortunately he suffered a torn ACL on a non-contact injury, but You see, you see the effect that he had on the team. You see the way the team rallied around him, and you know talking to Cozy Perry, their backup quarterback after the game, and Cozy had, I think, the best game he had as a player at Miami, Mm. and he and he owes and he owed a lot of that to King, the King really taking an interest in him and helping him change his work ethic and teaching him how to work, and he said several times that. You know, he owes a lot to King by just helping him understand how to take the job of quarterback much more seriously. So really when I look at King, the effect isn't just in his play, which has been phenomenal. The effect is in how he's carrying everybody else with him. That mm-hmm. is that's really where he's taking it to another level.
1: Yeah. No, I remember um Fish, when you went out to uh to a couple of Miami's practices and um and King was out there and he talked about how many Oh, coach coach Diaz had a um, had a different swagger about him you know he had this kind of smile and, and it, you know he knew what he had in the air King and um, obviously the talent everyone was kind of buzzing you know down here in South Florida the buzz was out there about you know what type of player King was and the effect that he was going to have on the program and the team and you you see it' it's evident. Um, I don't think there's any question that he has had the biggest impact of any transfer. Uh, for a college program he's changed the direction of Miami's team and he's going to make them a top 10 program next year uh, because of his uh, of, of his being there um, I you know I, I love him as a leader you could tell that everyone is kind of galvanized around him um, and, and the fact that they bring in a top rated recruiting class um, and they have you know coach Lashley um, that you know is one of the top you know call, play callers out there in the country. Um, I, you know I, I, I love to see where by program where they're going. I love the direction they're taking it, and um, I think King is a big part of that. So yeah, I, I, you know it's no doubt I think King is the transfer of the year. With uh well let's let's go to the, let's go to coordinators. So, so um, offensive coordinator year, who do you got?
0: I've got Jeff Grimes of BYU. You know I you know how I've been all year on BYU. I thought that one of they had one of the most dynamic offenses, very balanced. Uh, you got to see them in a bowl game. They they could keep you off balance with their quarterback. They called, you know, if it's third and eight, he would dial up plays to get that first down. Um, I thought BYU offensively could have hung points on any team in the country. They had one down week uh, that kept them from an undefeated season when they played Coastal, but Jeff Grimes would be my coordinator of the year as far as offensively. I thought he did a phenomenal job with BYU.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, Coach Levy from Ole Miss. Um, You know, I think that, you know, for the production and the the level of uh, competition they go against on a weekly basis, you know, you see the production they put put together, the yards, the touchdowns. Um, He has Ole Miss, I think they're number three in total offense. Um, but they look completely different. You know, they look completely different. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, Luke Altmaier uh, chose to decommit from Florida State and wants to play in that offense at Ole Miss. I think that has a lot to do with it. It's an offense that players want to play in. And I think Coach Levy had a lot to do with that. Uh, Corey, you may have to be the tiebreaker here. Offensive well, coordinator, uh, offensive I'm coordinator going, of the year. I'm
2: going with, uh, I'm going with the uh, two-headed monster of Willie Korn and uh, Newland Isaac at Coastal Carolina. And I'll tell you what you end up finding is that when you go out to these uh, G5 schools, even the the lesser known G5 programs, you find young coordinators that are able to do creative things, able to do different things. What Coastal does with the triple option, running it out of the gun, running it out of the pistol, still having the old style Nebraska triple option keys and reads and stuff. It's a, you, I feel like I'm seeing maybe not the next great offense per se, but an offense that's definitely going to find its way into major power five schools. Like, you know, Charles and I are watching, I think we were watching the coastal BYU game and we're chatting and it's like Nebraska should be running this offense. This is probably the best offense for what Nebraska's always done well, but updating it to where, you know, you can get a better trigger man to do it. So, you know, and I, I watch Coastal a lot this year. I really, you know, even in the bowl game. So I just like that offense. I feel like it's just, I like the idea of seeing, you know, you, you do have to go to the G5 or to the F- FCS, to the Division two to see the offenses of the future, to see what the next big things are. And I feel like the offense that they're running at Coastal is going to make its way into a lot of Power 5 programs, especially the ones that need to change up things to, to compete. Yeah. Well,
0: good point. And they could find the per- you could find the personnel to run it even more efficiently than Coastal does. Like the yeah. quarterback at Coastal isn't like some dynamic player. He he's not the he's a good enough athlete. He has a slightly above average arm. So you could find guys to run that. And I I mean, can you imagine having Lamar Jackson run that same offense? I mean yeah, it'd be unstoppable.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, Willie Core, a former top top prospect uh you know back in the day i think he went to burns high school if i'm not mistaken burns high school and then he went, yeah. then, he went then you know he left clemson to go down to an fcs program and that's where he kind of learned a lot of that offense at so you know i love it i love when i can see something new and something fresh
1: all right of the year fish cory we got Fish. fish you start off with that one I a,
0: I, i've got two guys so i'm gonna give it to two guys the
1: award a politician here man
0: yeah mike elko and alex Grinich, i think are the two um yeah. guys I, I just think what they've done at those programs i mean texas a&m two years ago there's a reason why jimbo wanted to hire mike elko at florida state and, and by the way whoever turned him down on that decision i i hope it was worth it uh but mike elko is a phenomenal coach you watched him last night how many times you saw five, six, seven guys around the guy that was getting the ball. The tackling in this day and age of, you know, where guys are missing tackles, this and that. Texas a very clean on that side of the ball. I mean, they make mistakes, but you have to earn it against them. And they're very physical. I, I think you watch them, they punish guys after they get the ball. So you know that, hey, listen, next time you come in my area, This is what you're going to get. And I think what Alex Greenwich has done at Oklahoma and, you know, the big 12, the wide open offenses, he really struggled last year at times. I mean, Oklahoma, but what they look like a totally different defense this year, they look like the Mike, the Bob Stoops defenses that Bob Stoops had back when he took over uh, from when he first got the job from Florida and they won a national title. They have a national championship caliber defense now. And I, I really like what they do with um, the defensive end that used to play at St. Thomas. How he's become kind of that outside rush edge guy that uh, could put the pressure on the quarterback. Bonito, uh, yeah, Bonito. They're very aggressive on that side of the ball. You you notice even their small corners cover well. Like you don't see their guys just getting uh, you know mossed all the time by uh, you. I mean that Bradley. Heinz kid must be 5'7". seven. I, I, I <laughs> five, he's like five seven five eight, and he flat out can cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys don't get open on him. So I think if you take this guy and what he's done at Oklahoma and the other guys done at Texas A and M, both of them have top, I believe, top ten defenses this year in the country. Um, Texas A and M was ninth. Um, Oklahoma's was a lot better this year. Uh, they got up in the top twenty, I believe. So. I think both of those guys uh, deserve a coordinator of the year for
2: defense.
1: How about you, Corey?
2: Uh, Brad Lam- Lambert, uh, Marshall, who I thought uh, – Marshall had a really bad offense this year. They had a good record. Their offense was atrocious. Well,
0: we're doing okay. defensive coordinator, I think.
2: Dude, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's He's what I'm all right. saying. All right. Let me finish. Thank you. All right. Their <laughs> offense was bad. And, I mean, but – You look at what Marshall did. I think they were number one in scoring defense for most, if not all of the year. Uh, Lambert was a Broyles Award finalist. Uh, Mm -hmm. They took a, you know, Conference USA, not always a conference known for defense. So they were able to really manufacture a heck of a season by playing a lot of 14 to 10 type games. And, you know, late in that season, Marshall was undefeated, I think, through eight games. And late in the season when they're – offense predictably gave out against that powerhouse known as rice they just couldn't hold on anymore but i thought lambert i thought he had you know i thought their defense was smothering at that level they just killed teams on d um you know very aggressive very sound good tackling bunch uh you know lambert's a former head coach i think he was head coach at charlotte for about for about most of a decade so you know he brought a lot of that brought a lot of that you know knowledge and intensity to a program where he had you know marshall's always going to have some pretty decent athletes uh that that slipped through the cracks and he had, did a very good job with them i i would not be surprised to see him in a better situation in the, in the near future whether if he decides to just stay a coordinator
1: um i mean i thought all those guys are worthy you know I, I like every one of them um i'm leaning more towards uh elko and um and Greenwich because I just feel like the level of competition they see. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't, you know, put that against Marshall. They play who they play. But I, I'm going to tell you guys who impressed me and whose uh, who's stock is extremely high. Uh, he was a, a Bros Award finalist. Is uh, Marcus Freeman.
0: I knew um, you were going to say Eddie. that. I, I, I want you know,
1: to... I, hey, I, I, I'll be honest with you. He earned a lot, a lot of money uh, in a bowl game. I mean... They're they're running an the Okie front. The things that the aggressive, how aggressive those guys are, um, I, I just love everything about it. He's very engaged in what he's doing. The the, the players they play with confidence. Um, they fly around to the football. I mean that's that's what you want to see in the defense. Um, they ranked top uh, fifteen in in, uh, in five categories nationally, uh, defensively. I mean, he probably will not be at Cincinnati next year because he's going to be able to pick where he goes uh, as far as a coordinator, and he'll probably be uh, in line to be a head coach um, if he continues to have success he's having. But um, I, I really like Marcus Freeman and what he's done at Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, he's on he's on the radar. I mean, Auburn, LSU, Ohio, a lot of top programs are interested. So yeah, you know, we'll see where he ends up. Don't go to Auburn. <laughs>
1: No doubt. No doubt. All right. Uh, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, Corey, we're going to start with you. Who Jamie you got?
2: Chad, Jamie Chadwell. You go undefeated at Coastal Carolina. You're the coach of the year. Sorry. Jamie Chadwell. That's not even. Uh, uh, Luke Fickle's right there, too. But I think Luke's, I think we all know what Luke is capable of. Jamie Chadwell came out of nowhere. And I mean, you know, you, you, you he's out there running like a five foot eight, 300 pound center. You know, they're just they're, – that, that is a island of misfit toys in Coastal Carolina when you watch them. And, you know, they're watching their first game of the year against Kansas, you realize that I'm on that island of misfit toys, they have some really legitimate, you know, a couple of kids that I think will end up playing on Sundays. But overall, I I just I just think what he did this year, where he did it, is pretty incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, – Fish, I, I'm going to hop in here. Yeah. Um, there's two guys on my radar. Um, I, 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 Corey, um, you know, Coach Chadwell, he, he definitely deserves um, accolades. And so does, I think, Tom Allen could be yeah. considered oh, there yeah. as well. But I'm going to go with – I have two picks, too. It's not a po- politician, but I just – it was tough for me. One, uh, James Jimbo Fisher. All right. Elite coach. Elite recruiter, elite motivator, um, just everything you want. I mean, Texas A and M. What he's done at Texas A and M, the staff he's comprised, the way they were the only team I think that had no opt outs that played uh, as far as in the bowl games, and not a significant, you know, uh, one of the major bowl games as far as a, you know, in the playoffs. Um, he had arguably they should have been in the playoffs, Texas A and M has been in the top uh, 10 in recruiting the last three years. He has, he's going to, they're going to ranked in the top five nationally this year. They're going to finish up there. Um, You know, sometimes we think about, Oh, how did this, you know, the lesser type programs, you know, they, they, they moved up the rankings, but what Jimbo Fisher has done at Texas A&M has been remarkable. Um, He's a great man and, and he's a great coach. Um, so Jimbo Fisher is one of my coaches for coach of the year. The next one is Matt Campbell. If you can win at Iowa state, (laughs) if you can win at Iowa state and the things he's done there, I mean, and he's won consistently, he's beat the Oklahomans. He's beaten the Texas of the world. And he just finished winning the Fiesta Bowl at Iowa state. Remember the quote that I think rings out to all of us in the football world is, um, we don't have five-star players. We have five-star culture and he has those guys believing in Iowa state. Now, I don't think that he's going to be there very long, but, and I think Iowa state, you know, I, I I don't know how long he could have the success that he's having at Iowa state, but, uh, Matt Campbell is, uh, the job he's done there is, is nothing short of remarkable
0: wait a second you first off you said you did you say Jimbo Fisher I gotta check my headsets you said Jimbo right yes sir all right wait a second I need to ask you did Jameis play for Jimbo this year no he didn't oh wait did they lose to any teams that were the uh lesser than them like did they lose any of those games this year that he always finds a magical way of losing no oh man I thought Jimbo couldn't coach
1: Oh, without Jameis he can win without Jameis Jameis.
0: yeah that was the whole thing he can't ever win without Jameis listen if he could let let me just say this and nothing (laughs) against Kellen Mons because if I ever meet him I don't want him to punch me in the throat (laughs) but if he could win nine games with that kid man I mean even like Mons's parents were thanking Jimbo last night like thank you man (laughs) you made our kid respectable but yeah, I mean, I listen, you know my feelings about Jimbo. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think he's a top-five coach, and he deserves all the credit he deserves. I'm going to go with uh, Luke Fickles, my pick. And, and here's a guy that built himself into a great coach. Uh, you know, he wasn't given – it's not like he took – you know, he was at Ohio State for one year. He didn't have a great year. I know there was a lot of circumstances that didn't favor him, but he didn't have a winning record. And you wondered when he went to Cincinnati, like what type of success he would have. He kind of got off to a slow start. But I think he's learned a lot and become a great coach. I think he's worked hard to do it. Some guys are naturally just great at what they do. I think he's worked hard to get to that same level. And I think he's done a really good job of making sure that he's going to pick the job that's for him. A lot of guys, you know, want to rush up and take the first job that opens He's doing his due diligence and I think it's going to pay off in the end. Kind of like he's kind of done the Kirby smart way of doing it. Yeah. Kirby was a coordinator at Georgia and he waited and he waited, but he's doing the same job as a head coach. I think Matt Campbell's kind of doing the same thing too. Don't just take any job, make sure that you can continue to do it your way and have that same success because you look at Scott Frost, Scott Frost was a guy two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think Scott Frost is a hell of a coach. I think, he could go somewhere else and win a lot of ballgames. But he tried to bring that same formula to UCF, I mean, to Nebraska that he won with the UCF, and they're totally different programs. You have to adapt, and he hasn't adapted, and hopefully he does adapt. But you look, he brought all his coaches. He brought all his administrators. He brought his secretary. There's a reason why a lot of schools don't want you bringing everybody because some of those guys aren't to that next level. Me and Corey have talked about this, and we've discussed Mm -hmm. this is some people aren't meant to move up. You know, they're good. They're fine right where they're at. So you got to make sure that, you know, Matt Campbell's got to bring that system to a school that can adapt, that will accept everything he does. Because if you look at their defense, it's not a conventional defense. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't – he that's not something that's going to work at every school. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they have a D lineman over 250. They, they, they do. They mix stuff up. They move guys around. They're very aggressive on that side of the ball. But well, you're not going to be able to do that at a lot of schools at a Power Five school. You're going to have different personnel. So he's got to make sure that he could get the right personnel and everything that fits his style at that next school. And and I agree. I mean, Matt Campbell's deserving a coach of the year. I'm going with Luke Fickle. Um, I'm sure Corey will jump in. And
2: I think he already gave it. Yeah, he already gave, gave it. Us. Right, but, so. uh, but
1: Fickle, remember, Fickle turned down the Michigan State job. So, you know, like you said, Fish, I think he is going to. Um, but He's I think for the right spot. I
0: think he saw that there was problems at Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan yeah. State had problems,
1: you know. Like yeah. he
0: could have got they 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 had a lot of issues off the field at that program. Uh, I, I think the coach actually that was there this year did a decent job after they had a bad loss to start the year. But Michigan State isn't isn't ready. Like it wasn't a good situation for him. You know, he would have had to start at the bottom again and rebuild mm-hmm. that thing. Like. Fickle deserves to go to a job that's not a rebuild. He's done a good enough job that he should be going to go in there, and that job's already established as a decent job.
2: You know, it's weird. I feel like, and we're at a point where I'm not sure what Brian Kelly's win total is at Notre Dame, but we all know that Notre Dame gets kind of weird when you you approach the wins record because, oh God, what's his name? Has the wins record. New Rockney. Duke Rodney has the wins record, and it's like, you know, you don't touch, you don't touch it. Record. So I wondered if both Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell are eyeing that Notre Dame job, but they're just it's gonna be like it's gonna become like a like an Ali versus Frazier yeah, situation. Well, where where
1: where is uh, Brian Kelly going? Well,
0: this is the thing. I'm gonna jump in, McKinley. Mm-hmm. I've heard Brian Kelly on Colin Coward's show at least two or three times, and the one thing he's brought up and he's brought it up that notre dame has a shelf life for a coach he he knows it he said it he's like listen this isn't a 20 year 30 year job he goes i'm not going to be there that long he goes you can't coach at notre dame for but like 10 years or 12 like there's a shelf life and you got to get out and i think he understands that like his ceiling is was this year maybe next year, but I th- I think Brian Kelly has looked for a way out. You know, I think if something else came open, um, I, I know from somebody that I'm friends with, he was interested in that FSU job when it came open. I'm not saying he would have taken it, but he has his feelers out there.
1: Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. that. Don't say that. Listen,
0: that comes from a coach that I know that was going to be on his staff. So I it's, you know, he was interested. I'm not saying he interviewed or he was one of these – Uh, War Champ uh, made up stories like uh, Bob Stoops. But, uh, you know, hey, listen, man, we don't blow smoke up people's butts here on the Mac and Fish podcast. All right. We got three straight shooters. You want B.S., you go to the National Enquirer and listen to that crap. All right. There was a better chance. There was a better chance at freaking Mangino getting the FSU job than Bob Stoops. All right? oh, but, but
1: but also wasn't PJ Fleck interested too in the FSU job?
0: He was interested. I don't know if they ever called him. Oh, okay. I don't know if his phone ever rang.
2: I
1: got you.
2: I, yeah. I, I, uh, but but getting back to um, you know the situation uh, 105 wins. That's what Newt Rockney has. Uh, they push. Mm-hmm. If you want some precedent, they push Lou Holtz out.
0: Yes, they did. And
2: Hopefully what's you know, what's Brian problem, Kelly at? Yeah, and uh now I know Kelly had there was a couple of years that don't count with his win total that like you know they had some NCAA issues, so he might be in like the 80s. He's eighty one he's
0: eighty-one and thirty-nine right All now. All
2: right, he's eighty-one. So you're looking at two more seasons. So yeah. I'm gonna go out there and say that I think both Fickle and Matt Campbell are I, they're like, you know, two years from now. Well, I think
0: that's one of the jobs that PJ's yeah. interested in. I mean, PJ's I don't know. Hey. Win in hey, y- y-
1: hey, y'all better, y'all better hope that uh, that Urban doesn't want that job.
2: Yeah. Urban's gonna be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, yeah. pal. Yeah. Urban, Urban's already the Jaguars coach. Urban sees that NFL money. It's whole, no, whole And, he, and
0: he, see, he sees, he sees freaking Trevor Lawrence too, man. <laughs> that, he's that, too. That,
2: that <laughs> he's like family money. He's like,
0: this is my Tom Brady, and I get, I get, and I didn't have to discover him.
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> like you didn't fall
0: off the scout team with the Patriots, all right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, the last last award. We got another award? The last, last one, last one. And this is a little unique. This is a recruiter of the year. Oh, uh,
2: the guy um, who recruited the players?
1: Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm going to uh, – I'll lead this one off. Um, I, I did my little research on this, oh, <laughs> and, and this is – this I, I think this is unprecedented. I've never seen this before from a recruiter. Right. You guys let me know.
0: Did you call Have Josh you, Newberg and ask him like who won the award for two no, four seven no, recruiting?
1: No, I don't ask Josh for anything, you know. All right. But but this guy landed one, two, three, four, five five star players and one four star player. Uh Char, Coach Charles Huff from Alabama.
0: I know Coach Charles Huff. He recruits. Uh, he, recruits day, he recruits day county, Broward uh, County. He's hey, a great hey, guy.
1: Uh, well, shit. He he he's gonna be able to and whatever school he wants to go to in the future. He's at Alabama now, yeah. but I'm gonna tell you, he's gonna always have a job. Uh, you're saying
0: you're saying he's gonna re up my recruiting service out of pocket this year.
1: Absolutely, because yeah. he, he he
0: he. Can I take credit for recruit of the year then? Because what, he I deal what, with them. What
2: position? What position I, 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 does uh, Huff coach? What's his running coach? running backs. You Run know what? Back. FSU has a tight end position open. Pay this guy <laughs> a million bucks to be a tight end coach. I leave it Alabama. To he leave yeah. it
0: Alabama.
2: What do you mean? A on. million dollars to be a tight ends coach? The first million dollar tight ends coach ever? Just give, heck, give him, give him, give you know, just just so you can have somebody that can recruit. County. Hey,
0: listen, listen. <laughs> Lance Thompson once was recruiter of the year for getting Julio Jones. All right, so like, hey, yeah. you know, he landed Julio that's what he'll tell you that he'll he landed julio i don't know if he actually landed him but he it says on his resume he landed him
1: i don't know but i think that was more nick saban landed julio but uh and, and the governor of alabama oh
0: you know? man <laughs> mckinley actually got on a computer and looked for something he got right, us
1: man, man, man don't do that, don't oh do that. My I, god. I, I, I do my uh, research uh, know, he, he on, does his podcast okay uh, yeah, and I, actually, I do. Hey, Corey, you you buy the, to Watch and analyze things. Corey, you, know? you buy that? Yeah, I don't buy it at all. Hey, <laughs> you, 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 guys, you guys are haters. Oh, uh, you, you know what? Haters. Uh, hey, you know, uh, Fish, you were hate you were hating on my boy Nate. You know. And, hey. Hey, Corey. Hey, everybody on
0: FSU. Everybody on the message board says I'm an ass, and then they they hear these podcasts and say I'm not as bad. They're like, man, is that the same Fish? They don't realize I'm bipolar. (laughs) (laughs) I take my medicine before I come on this show. Oh,
1: man. Anyway, we're going to do, next week, we'll do a preview of the national championship and kind of go in-depth about that. Um, You guys have anything else you guys want to touch on or talk about?
0: Thank God 2020 is over.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, We made it. We made it. We made it. Hey, if you guys want to follow us, We're on uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Anchor, Spotify, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Love you guys to listen. Tell a friend about what we're doing. and, uh, And just give us your feedback. We'd love to hear. Thanks.